Innalhamdalillah Nahmaduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nasta'ufiru wa nu'minu bihi wa natawakkalu alayhi wa na'udhu billahi min shururi anfusina wa sayyati amalina man yahdihillahu falamudillalah wa man yudlil falahadiyalah wa ashadu an la ilaha illallahu wahtahu la sharikalah wa ashadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasuluh amma ba'd alhadithul ishroon an ibn mas'ud عقبه بني عمر الانصاري البدري قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم ان مما ادرك الناس من كلام النبوه الاولى اذا لم تستحي فاصنع ما شئت رواه البخاري So on the authority of Abu Mas'ud Uqba ibn Amr al-Ansari al-Badari. So, may Allah be pleased with him. So he was someone that participated in the battle of Badr. He said that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that indeed and verily from what was learnt by the people from the speech of the earliest prophecies is If you feel no shame, then do as you please or as you wish. So this hadith, right, subhanallah, very beautiful hadith. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi informs us that he's first of all, he's teaching us the concept of haya. And Haya is something that is praiseworthy, correct? That a Muslim, a, even not a Muslim, a human being, a human being, he must have some sort of haya in him, some sort of modesty. Right? So, years ago, something which they may be deemed as modest, Maybe today is not that modest. So let's look for example. Right? Maybe those years, generally people, they would cover their aura. Even like non-Muslims, they generally, they would wear loose-fitting clothes or whatever. And as time progressed, what happened? Right? Their modesty started getting less and less. And... The Prophet وسلم, he says that modesty is part of what? Al-haya min shu'batu min al-iman. That haya is one of the branches of faith. It's one of the pillars of faith. And the hadith, the Prophet وسلم, he says, Inna mimma adraka nasu min kalamin nubuwatil ula yani that even in the previous nations the prophets that came before Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam they also taught the people haya they also taught the people to be modest so the author he says here that this is Tawara thathan nubuwat. 
that this is yani almost like a prophetic legacy to wrath right it is a to wrath it is a prophetic legacy this concept of haya of modesty it's not something that only it's specific to the muslims specific to muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam but rather it is for the whole of humanity it came from musa from isa nuh they all taught their people some form of haya and it ended with rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and ibn rajab al hanbali he says that inna mimma adraka an-nas min kalam an-nubuwa til ula yashiru ila anna hadha ma'thurun 'anil anbiya' al-mutaqaddimin he says that this is also from the anbiya al-mutaqaddimin that these words of modesty and comes from the previous nations as well and he says that people generally they right their days change and this is something which is that happens i mean with us as generally in life as well that no day is the same as the next correct so maybe today you feeling good or you feeling pious and tomorrow maybe you feel a bit down you don't feel that pious right and this is what iman is also like that right your iman is that iman it rises and it drops increases and it decreases so he says that even with haya that haya sometimes maybe you have a lot of haya today maybe the next day the haya level drops a bit you should always try to keep it at the same and then the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he says idha lam tastahi fasna' ma shi't and if you are not shy if you do not have this haya then do what you want to do right i think afrikaans it's a nice way of putting it doen wat jy doen net wat jy wil right it sounds right nice in afrikaans but now here we need to look at something what does this actually mean idha lam tastahi fasna ma shi'at so the ulama they have given a few explanations that if you feel no shame then do as you please do as you wish so this phrase of the hadith or this part of the hadith right it comes in a form of an imperative or it comes in form of a command so if it is in the form of an imperative then it actually does not mean that it is a command but rather it is a form of a threat right 
sometimes subhanallah you a child he does something or something and he says you know just do what you want to do man you don't you're not actually commanding him correct but you're doing it more as what as a threat you're telling him look here that almost indirectly if you're going to do that right then you're going to see but you just say look here just do what you just just do it it's all right right so it's not actually a command so it is either a threat or it is a warning so in other words yani if you have no shame or modesty then you know what do as you wish and allah will deal with you and this allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he speaks like this or he mentions this in the quran as well in surah fusilat where he says do what you will do or do what you will for verily allah is the all seer of what you do that right? allah says do what you want to do right he says i'malu ma shi'tum innahu bima ta'maluna basir that i'malu ma shi'tum that you do what you want to do innahu and know that verily Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he is the seer the all seer of that which you do so this is not a command for someone to do as he pleases right imagine he says someone says now you see Allah says in the Quran i'malu ma shi'tu just do what you want to do so we can zina we can do drugs we can make shirk we can make bid'ah whatever because Allah says that yes he's going to take me to task but I can do what I want to so this is not a command but rather it is imperative and right that was the first interpretation of that the second interpretation of the hadith it states that the imperative or the command is not what is meant by the statement but rather it is a case of an order being used as a statement or fact in other words if a person does not have any shame then this person he does whatever he wishes right understand the first one is saying that you do not have haya, right? So do what you want to do. But you're going to see what's going to happen. So that is a threat. The second one is saying that because he doesn't have any shame, he's going to do what he wants to do. So because they don't have any haya, they involved in all sorts of haram. Right, so that was the second one. The third one, where is my third one? Right, the third interpretation is that this is a command, this is an amr. And here it says, right, that if you are contemplating an act and it is in an act such that there is no reason to be ashamed of it in front of Allah or the people then you may do it so according to this interpretation modesty or shame becomes the standard over whether or not one should do the act so if you are modest if you have shame 
and it's an act that is not correct, then you won't be involving yourself in this act. And this is a view also which is favored by Imam An-Nawawi rahimallahu ta'ala. This is a view also which is favored by Imam Ahmad rahimallahu ta'ala. There's one more view. And this is the final view. Here, Salim al-Hiladi states that as a possibility, understanding that this hadith is a form of encouragement. Right? So now this is now from a different angle. Right? All three other interpretations are more or less, you know, the same. But yeah, he's saying that this is a form of encouragement. Because the characteristics of modesty and indirectly points to the virtues of modesty. So the hadith is supposed to be understood as since it is not allowed to do any act you wish, it is not allowed to leave having any modesty and shame. So he says, because you can't do anything wrong, right? You're not supposed to be involved in self, you're wrong. So anything that you do must have modesty and it must have haya. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he knows best. So what we learn from this hadith is that indeed modesty it is from good character it is from akhlaq and hadha akhlaqun nubuwa and this is the akhlaq of the prophets alayhimussalam not just of muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam but of all the prophets it also teaches us that haya it has a lot of fadl it has a lot of bounties in the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And also it teaches us that haya is supposed to be there and through haya it will protect you as a person. From what? From doing it wrong. Because if you are a person that's modest, you someone that you have a lot of modesty in you, you're not going to involve yourself in the wrong. Is that correct? Are you going to involve yourself in... So for example, someone, he has a lot of haya. And he has a lot of modesty. He's not going to walk down the road and start swearing. Or start backbiting. Or start speaking ill of people. Because this modesty, it brings him closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But if someone, he doesn't care what people think, he doesn't care what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala thinks, he's just going to do what he wants to do. And this hadith, um, also it shows us something important, like many of the other ahadith that we were doing. That see, how Imam An-Nawawi rahimallahu ta'ala see how he selected the ahadith certain ahadith got to do with the iman one two ahadith had to do with for example innovations 
other ahadith has to do with how do you deal with people? How do you deal with your neighbors? This, ahad, this hadith again that we see here teaches us what? Teaches us haya, teaches us how that we need to be with ourselves and how also we don't involve ourselves in things which is prohibited in the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Al-Hadith al-Hadi wal-Ishroon Hadith number 21 An Abi Amr Waqila Abi Amra Sufyan ibn Abdillah Qala Kultu ya Rasulallah Kulli fil Kulli fi Islam Qawlan La as'alu anhu ahadan غيرك قال كل آمنت بالله ثم استقم رواه مسلم so Abu Amr and he is also called Abu Amr Sufyan ibn Abdullah al-Thaqafi may Allah be pleased with him he said that I said to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam O messenger of Allah tell me something about al-Islam which I can ask of no one but you the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he said say I believe in Allah say what? I believe in Allah and then be steadfast be firm so here the first point that I would like to look at is that the, the Sahaba the companions of Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam they showed great commitment and enthusiasm when it came to knowing the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they would hasten and they would go to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam if they're not sure of issues if they want to clarify things about the deen they would go straight to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and look at this question he says to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Ya Rasulullah, O Messenger of Allah Say something to me about Islam That no one has asked you before That you didn't tell anyone before me You know, I want to be special man Tell me something special And look at the answer that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam gives. Right? Jawabun qalil. Right? He gives a very short answer, precise answer, right? Wal ma'na alwasi'u alwasi'u ma'na. But the meaning that he gives subhanahu wa ta'ala sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is so broad. 
And this is what the Messenger Sallallahu was about. He was known as Jawami'ul Kalim. That he could say a lot of things in a short few words, a little words. And this person asks him, right, tell me something. Imagine, right, I come or I go to someone. I, for example, I go to a teacher of mine, a sheikh of mine, and I say, you know what, sheikh, you know, tell me something profound, man. Tell me something that you've never told anyone else. Right? You as a human being, you expect he's going to tell you something, like, you know, he's going to tell you, sit, let's make tea. No, let's, and discuss, and he's going to tell you, speak to you for half an hour, 40 minutes. But look at what Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he says, Kul, he says, say, Amantu billah. That I believe in Allah azza wa jal. Thummastaqim. And then be steadfast. So here he teaches him that you need to have iman. You need to believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You need to believe in that which comes in the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, yani the Quran. You need to believe that which Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam came with the sunnah. This is what your iman is about. And obviously under your iman it comes the beliefs of that you need to believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As the Quran explains to us how to believe in Allah. To not ascribe partners with Allah. To not make shirk with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In his uluhiyah. In his rububiyah. In his asma wa sifat. This is all of your iman. You need to believe. In the malaika. What is... What were they made out of? What are the job descriptions that Allah gives them? We need to know all these things. Then from there you move to the books. Need to know what to believe with regards to the books. The Torah, the Injil, the Quran, the Zabur. To know these names. Need to know that certain books were changed. You do know that the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is unchanged. Inna nahnu nazzalna dhikra wa inna lawula hafidhun, as Allah says. That indeed and verily we are sent down this one and we will protect it. Then you need to know about the prophets. Which prophets were sent to what nation? Muhammad sallallahu is the final messenger. So these are things that is in your iman. You need to believe in the last day. You need to believe in Qadr and Qadr. You also, you need to believe about Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa that what he came with, it was the haqq, it was the truth. What he spoke was the truth. وَمَا يَنْتِكُ عَنِ الْهَوَىٰ إِنْ هُوَ إِلَّا وَحِيُّ يُوحَىٰ that he did not speak out of his own accord but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inspired him sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and he spoke 
وَمَا آتَكُمُ الرَّسُولُ فَخُذُوهُ وَمَا نَهَكُمْ عَنْهُ فَانْتَهُوهُ You need to also know that you need to that whatever you came with وَمَا آتَكُمُ الرَّسُولُ that you need to accept it. Whatever the Prophet came with, you need to accept. Whatever he rejected, whatever he told you to stay away from, whatever he never practiced with regards to ibadah, you will stay away from this as well. This is what your iman entails and this is what is what your iman is all about. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he says, Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu, oh you believe. Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu, attaqullah haqqa tuqatihi, wa la tamutunna illa wa antum muslimun. Oh you who believe. Oh you that have iman. So now we need to understand that the Quran, it gives us two addresses. One address is Ya Ayyuhan Nas O mankind Right so for example Ya Ayyuhan Nas Ya Ayyuhan Nas Uttaku Rabbakum Alladhi Khalaqakum Min Nafsi Wahida That O mankind Ya Ayyuhan Nas Uttaku That Be God conscious That we created you from A single Or Ya Ayyuhan Nas Inna Khalaqanakum Min Zakari Wa Untha That we created you from A male and a female وَجَعَلْنَاكُمْ شُعُوبًا And we created you into nations and tribes so that you can do what? لِتَعَارَفُوا So that you can know each other. إِنَّ أَكْرَمَكُمْ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ أَتْقَاكُمْ And the person that is honored by Allah is who? The person of wealth. No. That he has taqwa. God conscious. But what is my objective of quoting this ayah? To show you that Ya Iwanas, this is a general. Then there are specific verses. Ya Iwaladina Amanu. Yes, Ya Iwaladina Amanu Takullah Hakka Tukati. That oh you believe. Now Allah is speaking to Muhammad, to Imran, to Fatima, to Aisha. To Maryam, to all the Muslims, the believers. So now you need to take note. Because whenever Allah says, Ya Yuladina Amanu, there's something that you need to take note of Muslims. Either there's a command, or there's a prohibition, or there's a warning, or there's something for us as an Ummah that we need to take note of. So he says that fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Be God conscious. And we discussed this last week. We discuss what it means to be God conscious. That you need to know Allah Azza wa Jal wherever you are. Remember the hadith we did last week? Ittaqillah haythu ma kunt. That be God conscious wherever you find yourself. And this word haythu, bimana zaman o makan. It means time and it means place. So wherever you are and whenever it is, you must fear Allah Azza wa Jal. And then Allah says, حَقَّ تُقَاتِي 
that be God conscious with the rights of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala fulfill yani the commands and the rights of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wala tamutunna illa wa antum muslimun and do not die except as a believer leave all these other funny business I want to follow this religion and do this practice and that no that make sure that when you leave this world you leave this world as a believer and a proper believer yes we are going to err. yes we are going to make mistakes قَالَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ كُلَّ بْنِ آدَمْ خَطَّعُونَ وَخَيْرَ خَطَّعِينَ أَتَّوَّبُونَ That all the children of Adam, they are sinners. But the best of them are that those that return to Allah Azza wa Jal. Right? So remember this. That yes, we're going to make mistakes. But make sure your iman is intact. The iman of your children. You cannot focus more. We cannot speak. And this is what we need to do. This is what we need to focus on. It is Iman. Because, subhanallah, if we don't know that basics, there's so much traps we can fall in today. Besides the shirkiyat and the ghurafat and the innovations that takes place, that is one thing. But look at all these other isms that comes up. That the, our young brothers and sisters, they are being shown. Right? It's subhanallah. I mean, atheism is on the rise. This whole movement of gays and lesbians and... Subhanallah. I mean... Just now, I think in this week or last week, I was reading something where people were having the whole thing of this net, something on Netflix, where again, like for kinsmen, there was a whole program or movie, I don't know if it was a movie, Allah Alam, there's a movie or a series, but basically also like um, lesbianism and gays and subhanAllah. So this is what we also need to gear ourselves up with. And the first step to this is is to have the correct belief that we need to know our aqidah. Right? Then after that you can move on. Now sometimes what happens is we also we tend to jump. We want to tackle this issue and that issue but our foundation isn't strong. Correct? So we need to first make sure that we are strong. And this is where I'm coming to the second part. Where it says, Thummastaqim. And once your iman is intact, and you follow Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then what happens? Then you will find that you will... Be firm, right? And then thumma staqim, then you must keep firm. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says about istiqama, being steadfast and keeping firm. Inna ladina qalu, that indeed they are those who say, O oh, our Lord, 
Rabbunallahu, that Allah is our Lord. Thummastakamu. And then they are firm. They are remained firm. Tatanazzalu alayhimul malaika. And the malaika descend on them. Allah takhafu wala tahzanu. Telling them, do not have khawf, do not be, have fear. Wala tahzanu. And do not be sad. وَأَبْشِرُوا بِالْجَنَّةِ And give them the glad tidings of paradise. أَلَّتِي كُنْتُمْ تُوْعَدُونَ That which they were promised. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He says in Surah Al-Ahqaf as well. إِنَّ الَّذِينَ قَالُوا That indeed they are those who say O oh, our Lord, رَبُّنَ اللَّهِ ثُمَّ اسْتَقَامُوا And then they are kept firm. فَلَا خَوْفٌ And do not fear عَلَيْهِمْ There should be no fear upon them. وَلَا هُمْ يَحْزَنُونَ And they should not be sanded. Do not have huzan. أُولَٰئِكَ أَصْحَابُ الْجَنَّةِ That they are the people of Jannah. They will abide in it forever. Jaza'an bima kanu ya'malun. And they are rewarded for that which they used to do. So you see how your iman and istiqamah goes hand in hand. And in the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, or some of the benefits we take from this hadith, number one is that the companions, they were always determined to ask questions regarding the religion. And we see also that the question that this companion asked Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, it shows us his intellect, what type of person he was. And that he was, yet he was looking for a comprehensive answer and that is what he got. Also it shows us that our iman in Allah, it comes from the Quran and from the Sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Also that our istiqamah, that we need to be firm upon the haq and upon huda, upon guidance until we reach our end. The next hadith, al-hadith thani wal-ishroon. <coughs> عن أبي عبد الله جابر بن عبد الله الأنصاري أن رسول الله صلى الله أن رجلا سأل رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم فقال أرأيت إذا صليت المكتوبات وصمت رمضان وأحللت الحلال وحرمت الحرام ثم ولم أزد على ذلك شيئا أدخل الجنة قال نعم رواه مسلم ومعنى حرمت الحرام يعني إج تنبته ومعنى أحللت الحلال فعلته معتقدا حله So here again A man comes to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and he asks Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Do you think O Messenger of Allah that if I perform my obligatory pays, right, my faraid, and I fast in the month of Ramadan, I treat that which is lawful as lawful, and I treat that which is forbidden as haram, and I do not increase upon that in any voluntary act. 
डू यू थिंक दैट आई एम गोइंग टू एंटर इन टू जन एंड द प्रोफेट सल्लाम वी सेज यस राइट द प्रोफेट सल्लाम ही सेज यस एंड the first thing that i would like to get to in some narrations it says that the person that asked the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam question his name is nu'man ibn qawqan nu'man ibn qawqan that's the first point the second point i would like to look at is he is saying araita idha sallaytu And this is the meaning of inform me, O Messenger of Allah, inform me that if I do the certain actions, am I going to enter into Jannah? And here he asks the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam about salah. He asks him about fasting. He asks him about things that are halal and things are that haram. What is missing from this hadith? Salah and fasting. So what is missing there? Hajj. Hajj and Yes, Hajj. What else? No, no, no. Um, you know, believe in Allah. Yes. You know, you put us to five minutes. Yeah, so there's one more question, yeah. Uh, believe in Allah, uh, I call Salah, I tell Zakah, and I call Salah, and I call Salah, and I call Salah. Yeah, you say that, huh? Zakah. Right? So, Zakah is missing. So that means you don't do Zakah, don't do Hajj, you can enter Jannah. Right? So, okay, so the ulama, they explain here. And they say that baby hajj is not mentioned here because it wasn't far at the time when the sahabi asked about hajj. Correct? They say as regard to zakah, there's a possibility that it could be that he was of the poor. Meaning he was receiving zakah himself. So he doesn't need to worry about zakah. That's number one. Or number two, there's a possibility that also that Hajj and Zakah it falls under the category in this Hadith of Ihlalil Halal of the things that are halal. Understood? So I say maybe that the Zakah and the Hajj falls under that, and Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala knows best. But this hadith it teaches us and it shows us the importance of establishing the things that are wajibat that are compulsory, and it doesn't mention the things that are mustahab. Right? It doesn't mention your sunan, your nawafil. It only mentions the things that are fard. And 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he says Thumma awrathna al-kitab al-lazina astafayna min ibadina Faminuhum zalimun li nafsihi wa minuhum muqtasid wa minuhum sabiqu bil khayrat That Thumma awrathna al-kitab al-lazina astafayna min ibadina That we have conveyed this book as an heritage to those of our slaves who we have favored and that we have chosen. And from them they are those that they oppress themselves. And they are from them that have taken the middle path. And they are from them who outpace one another in doing good deeds. They hasten to do Good deeds be by the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then this hadith says Wafi'lul wajibat wa taruku muharramat. Right, it speaks about halal and it speaks about haram. That one needs to stay away from that which is haram. And one needs to stick to that which is halal. And also this hadith, right, it speaks about the fard, correct? But we as Muslims, we know these things which is known as the sunan acts, the nawafil acts. So these, so that and the wajibat, they go hand in hand. Correct? That Yes, you make your far salah and etc. But what's going to get you a higher station? What's going to get you a higher place in Jannah? Is to do what? To do extra. For example, you have someone. He only does. Right? Let's look. try to look at the example maybe that. Okay, right, so salah. So he only does the fard, he doesn't do any sunnah. Right, yes, he's going to enter Jannah, but what's going to happen? It's going to be low. Someone else again, right, they cannot be the same. He makes tahajjud, he makes all his sunnah, salah, he do this, how is he going to be? going to be a high status. Right? In life also if you do certain things, right, someone has a job, so you find these two people, they have the same job description, but the one he goes the extra mile. If there's a time for increase, a time to get a raise, etc., who are they going to give it to? To him. And the other one, okay, mashihar, right, he just gets what he's supposed to get. Um, there's also one point, yeah, right. That this hadith also teaches us something contrary to what the Sufiya what they think. So the Sufiya they ever believe that they say that mankind they do not worship Allah subhanahu wa taala for the desire of Jannah. That's not true, right? We worship Allah subhanahu wa taala for what? So that we can enter to Jannah. Yes, we love Allah, etc. But also we want to get into Jannah. And they say that 
وخوفاً من النار. And for Jannah, yes, because see what Allah Subhanahu um, what um, Nabi Ibrahim said. وَجَعَلْنِي مِنْ وَرَثَةِ جَنَّةِ النَّعِيمِ And make me of the inhabitants of Jannah Naim. So what's he asking Allah for? For Jannah. Right? And... No. I have no idea what they believe, but... Yeah, so they do have some weird beliefs with that, that um, with regards to... Jannah and that, that, yes, right, you see there, there is a hadith where the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says Is it raining? Allahumma sayyibah nafiyah Right, so there, there is a hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam where he says that we are going to enter Jannah through the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa sallam Right? And that's that's haq. And then the companions ask him, even you are Rasulullah? He says, even me. So that's one thing. But your desire, there's nothing wrong with desiring to enter Jannah. Otherwise, why does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in so many places in the Quran mention, describes Jannah? Jannah in tajri min tahti al-anharu khalidina fiya abada. Radiyallahu anhum wa raduan. Allah goes into right into detail that it's for the mutaqun, it's for the people of piety, and He describes Jannah. Right? Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says in Surah um, Muhammad that you're going to have rivers in Jannah, four types of rivers of water. Then you're going to have rivers of right, asalim musaffa of honey. Then you're going to have rivers of milk, right? That the taste won't change. And then you're going to have of wine as well. That's going to be tasteful to the person that's drinking. So if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't want mankind to desire for Jannah, why explain all this stuff? You don't need to explain it. So again there... Argument is null and void. And we're going to stop here tonight, inshallah, with the next two ahadith, they are quite long. Right? And the, okay, the one's not that long, but the hadith after that, right, it's a very interesting hadith. It's a hadith Qudsi where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about himself and oppression, etc. So, inshallah, we'll. Tackle that on its own. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik. Ashadu an la ilaha illa. Astaghfiruka wa atubu ilaik.